1: Who's got it better than us? Nobody!
0: Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. It was far from pretty in East Lansing on Saturday, but it was a W. When you've lost seven of the last eight to a rival, it doesn't matter how you get it done. Now it's November, and this Saturday we begin the final leg of the journey, which ends Thanksgiving weekend in Columbus. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. There are some challenges ahead. On today's Game Day show, my guest will be Chris Ballas from TheWolverine.com. On Thursday's Visitor's Edition, we'll hear from the Radio Hall of Fame play-by-play voice of Maryland football, Johnny Holiday. It's another busy week, so let's get it started with my view from Section 17. I don't know about you, but after that opening drive by the Spartans, I started thinking, here we go, it's going to be a game. Our first possession of the game made me feel a lot better, though. I knew this wouldn't be a walk in the park like Vegas thought, but I thought we played well, at least for three-quarters. It did get sloppy in the fourth on both sides of the ball, and the game did not need to end up that close. That said, it was a W, and there are some lessons learned about keeping your focus through four quarters. My guess is that Jim and the staff will remind the guys this week you have to stay focused and finish, no matter what the score is in the fourth. I am sure he'll get his point across this week. On Saturday, an improved Maryland team pays a visit to the big house. They are under the direction of first year head coach DJ Durkin who, of course, was our defensive coordinator last year. They are 5-3 and, and are coming off a game at Indiana where their defense gave up over 600 yards, more than 400 of those on the ground. Their offense has been better than expected, but they haven't faced a defense nearly as good as ours. It should be a game in which we can get a lot of bodies on the field and get ready for what will be a dangerous night game on the road in Iowa next weekend, but one game at a time. FireFan is the new interactive sports app I've been telling you about for months. It will be available soon in the Google Play and iTunes stores. There has never been anything like it. You can compete against friends and celebrities all while watching your favorite team play. There is still time to find out what FireFan is all about before its release. For a sneak peek or more information, email playatfirst at yahoo.com and leave a cell number. That's PlayItFirst at, at yahoo.com and don't forget to leave your cell number. FireFan will change the way we interact with our favorite sports teams in real time. You will no longer be an observer, but a participant. Chris Ballas thought Michigan State scouted and prepared for Michigan very well. The first drive was very impressive, as no team has moved the defensive front like the Spartans did. As Chris said, we made adjustments, and with our talent edge, took over the game. Despite what we saw in the fourth quarter, Michigan did what they were expected to do, Chris joins me next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the vSporto network and in partnership with SB Nation's maze & Brew. With us here on our game day segment this week to take a look back at the uh, state game on Saturday and a quick look ahead to Maryland on this coming Saturday, Chris Ballas from the TheWolverine.com. Great to have you back with us, Chris. Thanks, Mike. Let's start with a look back at the win on Saturday in East Lansing did you get bad vibes after that first Michigan State possession, Chris?
1: Absolutely. Uh, That was one of the big question marks going in. If Michigan State could run the ball, they'd be able to shorten the game. Not only did they shorten it, they took half the first quarter away and scored a touchdown by running the ball down Michigan's throat, only throwing the ball one time. So you thought, okay, if Michigan doesn't adjust here, and this is the kind of game it's going to be, it's going to be a slugfest, and Michigan State's going to be playing kind of the way they probably should have been playing all year up front. They've got a decent offensive line, and certainly more capable than they've been showing this year. So, But uh, I thought Michigan's answer on the first touchdown drive was critical to make that a 7-7 game, and then after that, really a couple of uh, scary moments, but in the fourth quarter that's a 20-point game, and it's going to be uh, darn near impossible, I think, for Michigan State to come back and win that. Now, it was a little closer than Michigan fans would have liked at the end, but Michigan was not really in danger of losing that game, and any time you get a road win over a rival, it's a, it's a big deal.
0: Amen to that. And I thought other than the third-quarter pick, another solid performance from Wilton Spate in a, a hostile environment and a good test for him, Chris.
1: Yeah, and he was one of the question marks that I had going in, how is he going to play there? And he was really the reason that Michigan won, and that in the offensive line play I thought was outstanding. They uh, gave him time to throw. I thought they could have even thrown more and picked on Michigan State's weak secondary. But at the same time, when you're scoring, every time you touch the ball, you didn't, don't punt until the fourth quarter then you're doing something right. So I thought that Spate was outstanding. He took stood in there and took some hits, delivered the ball when he had to uh despite getting those hits and was really on target. So missed a couple, but uh, and the one interception really kind of made that uh, a tighter game than it should have been. It was still a three-quarter a three-score game in the fourth quarter, but I think that if Michigan had scored there in the in the third quarter up 27 to 10, I think Michigan State's going to have a hard time staying in that game even. So um, it was one of those things where he just didn't see the, see the uh, corner of the safety over there and threw a bad ball. But you know what? That's his third pick of the year. And for a guy in his first year as a starter and in that environment, mistakes happen. I thought that he was one of the reasons that Michigan was able to win this game going away.
0: No, I agree. He was on target uh, most of the day. And even on the uh, the throws that were uh, maybe a little bit uh, tough, Mara Darbo made a couple of incredible grabs, didn't he?
1: He did, and that's what you need in a rivalry game. Guys have to step up and play their best games. That's the best game that I've ever seen Amara Darbo play. Now we want to see J.U. Chesson get up there, too, so that Michigan's got two options instead of just the one. They've kind of reversed roles this year. You kind of had Amara Darbo in a complimentary role last year, and now he's the number one guy in J.U. Chesson. We're still waiting for him to emerge and be the guy that we saw last year as the team's MVP, but uh, the, the catches he was making with guys draped on him, there was a time he saw the deep ball where he, uh, the cornerback the had his arm and he caught it one handed. He ate a couple of those. And those are the catches that you have to make. And those are the catches that Michigan is going to have to make to be a championship team. So you're going to have to see it again, maybe at Iowa, uh, definitely at Ohio State. Guys have got to play their best. And a lot of guys did on Saturday. Some guys did not. And the reason that they were able to escape was because they had a better team. But um, that should not have been a, a, a close game in the fourth quarter. And for the most part, it really wasn't. But Michigan controlled it from the second quarter on.
0: Well, the defensive line got pushed back on that first drive, as we've already talked about, the Don Brown made some adjustments, and I thought the rest of the way, until garbage time, that defensive line controlled the line of scrimmage, Chris.
1: They did pretty well, and uh, they went. Michigan State went jumbo. And I will say this, uh, Brian Allen from Michigan State played a good game, as he should, being a veteran there. He, he was able to handle Ryan Glasgow one-on-one at times, which not very many guys in this country are able to do. But, again, this is a Michigan State offensive line that put up 200-plus yards on Notre Dame. 270 I think at Maryland last week. Granted Maryland's not a great team, but when you're rushing like that, uh, then you've got some ability up front to push guys around, especially when you go jumbo like they did and bring a full back in there, a tight end and and really try to exert your will. So, but when Michigan adjusted, we saw that uh, that the uh, Michigan State didn't have the passing game really to, to counter that. And, and that was really pretty much the difference in the game. So a couple of great uh, goal line stands, uh, fourth down stands for Michigan. And again, that's what it takes to win games like this on the road. Granted, uh, this is not the toughest Michigan State team that Michigan will have played in the last 10 years. At the same time, they played much better than... Uh, than their record indicates, and probably how, should, how they should have been playing all year.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, both offense and defense seem to lose that focus in the fourth quarter. Uh, lack of execution, missed tackles, and shaky coverage in the secondary. Do you just chalk that up to having the game in hand, or is that something uh, the coaching staff should be concerned about moving forward?
1: I think it's probably a little bit of both, and you, you can't lose your focus. Uh, we saw a 40-yard run where Channing Stribling looked like he was playing flag football out there with L.J. Scott trying to tackle him up around the shoulder pads. And uh, that kept Michigan State hanging around a little bit. Uh, there were a couple of times where running backs should have followed the guards, and on third and one or third and two plays, and decided to run it up in the middle for no reason whatsoever, instead of getting the first down. If Michigan had gotten one more first down in the in the fourth quarter, that's a 30 to 10 game, or maybe even worse, uh, on on third and short plays and second and short plays, and some really uh, poor. Poor play in the in the red zone as well, where guys missed blocks or, or missed assignments. So, but those are things that they can. Uh, it's it's better to to be in that position than to be playing from behind or something. You know, they they almost seemed bored at times in the fourth quarter, and I think that that's going to be one of those things that uh, they don't won't have to worry about going forward. It's a good teaching moment, almost better uh, than to, than to just blow them out, say forty nine to nothing or something. You got some things that you can learn from, and and tell the kids that hey, you haven't arrived yet. We need to finish.
0: Early in the game, Chris, uh, State seemed to be the first team that I've noticed this year that decided to run right at Jabril, try to nullify that speed. And it worked to some degree until adjustments were made. But do you think that's sort of a blueprint for some of the uh, the opposition in the next four weeks to... Uh, to see that and maybe try to go right after him?
1: Yeah, and they, they did have some success with that. And the thing is, there aren't going to be very many lines capable of doing that. And uh, But you know what? Michigan State scouts Michigan better than any team in the country, and they have. it. It's like Jim Tressel used to do at Ohio State, and Mark D'Antonio is a Jim Tressel disciple. They know every weakness, and they know what they're going to try to exploit by looking at film all year and concentrating on this game. So you know that's why you're going to get their best shot. But uh, I think it's, it's one of those things. Things where, uh, yeah, you knew that it could be uh, an issue with Jabril because he's not big, and there were times when they, when they did go right at him and had success. But again, after Michigan adjusted, and even when Noel Furbush got in there at times near the goal line uh, at Sam linebacker replacing Jabril, they didn't have that kind of success. But you have to have Jabril Peppers out there on the field. I'm sure that Don Brown, the defensive coordinator, is going to take a look at that film and and try to dial up ways where, in certain positions uh he's going to have to put Jabril in different positions and But that's the beauty of having a Jabril Peppers out there. He can play so many different positions that I don't think you'll get to see Don Brown get put in that position again. We
0: know fans wanted the spread covered and they wanted to see a beat down on Saturday. We heard that all last week. To my way of thinking, though you know, going into that game and afterwards. Just get the W uh, in that environment any way you can. we said it wasn't as pretty as we wanted, but in some ways it it gets the the Spartan monkey off of uh, everyone's back, which to me, psychologically, very big for the team and the program.
1: Yeah, in every way. Uh, That's the team that's beaten you seven out of eight times, and a lot of them haven't been close. So, you know, a two-score win is a two-score win. It would have been more than that had they not... And play in a pre vent with 30 something seconds to go and uh, let Michigan State march the field. You know, I think of of their 401 yards, probably 100 of them came in garbage time when they were down by three scores and Michigan had relaxed a little bit. And of course, they could have made it easier, easier on themselves again by just getting a short yardage first down. And that's something, again, that they'll be working on. Uh, and I really, in looking at the film, it was more on the backs than the offensive line, just not following their blockers and, and getting the yard. And there was one terrible spot. I don't know if you noticed it, mm-hmm. Mike, where. Coran Higdon had gotten the first down, and uh, they had marked it. Then they moved it back a yard. I think that uh, if Jim, if Jim Harbaugh had actually challenged that spot, I think he might have, might have won that one. But regardless, you just, you just go in and you, you win. You go to eight and and you look around the country at what other teams are doing. Clemson has had tight games with Troy and should have lost to North Carolina State. Alabama beat Ole Miss 48-43, to gave up 43 points to Ole Miss, and that's not a world-beaten Ole Miss team this year. So, I mean, you're never going to have – your best performance and and i read somewhere where nick saban once said you're going to be able to get your team sky high for two or three games a year and he said other than that you're just gonna to have to find ways to win that's what michigan's done they're 8-0 and on their way in my opinion to 11-0 and going into that ohio state game for uh, where that's going to be determinant of who goes to the big 10 championship game
0: well this week chris maryland pays a visit to the big house they're five and three after losing to indiana on the road on saturday They're an improved team, no question. First-year coach, uh, D.J. Durkin, doing a good job. But, man, uh, that defense, the only way to put it is they're bad. I mean, uh, this should be another big day for the offense, shouldn't it?
1: You would think so, absolutely. And uh, coming off a hard-hitting physical game like that, you can't take anybody lightly. But when you're a 29-and-a-half-point favorite, as they are, uh, they're there's a reason for that. This is not a good defensive football team. They don't have the horses yet. I have a lot of respect for D.J. Durkin and what he accomplished here, and I think he's going to be a good coach and have that program on solid footing in a couple of years, but they don't have the horses just right right yet to be able to to beat a Michigan. So, um, again, it's one of those things where if you're Maryland, you want to take some time off the clock like Michigan State did, but they run a different offense. They don't have the horses on offense up front to be pushing Michigan around. I expect Michigan's defensive line – to play better than it did last week, and uh, and it's a better matchup for Michigan. So should get ugly on Saturday, and then, uh, then of course, you've got the big one the following week. You don't want to look past it. But at Iowa at night, I think a lot of people are overlooking that one, but that's going to be another physical game, and, and they've got some horses up front that are going to be able to move the ball a little bit if, uh, if they follow Michigan State's blueprint. But you're right. I think uh, you, you can't look past Maryland, and uh, at the same time, that should be a, an easy victory for Michigan.
0: Well, just a few closing thoughts, Chris, before we let you uh, get away. Kenny Allen, uh, he nailed three field goals on Saturday. And, you know, aside from the Wisconsin game, he has been pretty darn good all year. I mean, it doesn't appear at this point a change is necessary or needed there, does it?
1: Not at all. In fact, he played well in all phases. I asked Jim Harbaugh that after the game, and it's good to see him back. Looked like he was rushing things, and if you watch him against Michigan State, he was really... Really taking his time. There was a lot of patience there. The 45-yard field goal, I thought, was ind- indicative that his confidence is back. That's a kid that really needed that one. It's it's great to make the short ones, but to be able to make one like that in that situation, plus punt the way he did. I thought he was outstanding uh, punting the ball. and and uh, his kickoffs, I think three of them were touchbacks. Uh, the ones that were with the wind were the ones against the wind. Uh, it was a pretty strong wind in there, but he he played well and showed poise, and that's what they're going to need because if they're going to beat the better teams on the schedule, if they're going to be able to beat Ohio State down in the shoe, and if they're going to win some games in the playoff or in the Big Ten championship game, then they're going to need a a good kicking game. And that Wisconsin game would not have been close had he been on. So it's uh, it's good to have him back. He's a great kid, and uh, and. They've worked hard on that, I know, so it was really good to see that uh, come to fruition on Saturday.
0: Well, it's November now, Chris, and we can see the finish line as we've uh, discussed Maryland on Saturday. Big road test in Iowa, as you said, can't overlook that one, and then home to play what is going to be a pesky Indiana team. These guys are going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at Michigan, so it looks like we're going to be 11-0 heading down to Columbus if we bring our A game the next three weeks. Ohio State. uh, They struggled against Northwestern on Saturday in Columbus. I don't know if you saw that game. I have never seen the shoe that quiet. It, It looked like people were having sidebar conversations for three quarters and they just weren't into it. They are so incredibly talented. You know, until recently, I just couldn't see how we could go down there and beat them. I've changed my tune after watching them play the last month. I think our chances of going in there and beating them are looking better each week. Chris, how do you see it?
1: Yeah, without question, and at the same time, again, a rivalry game, and Urban Meyer is going to do his part to make sure that he knows every Michigan weakness. The guy's a great football coach, and they will bring a different level of intensity to that game than they did against Northwestern. There's just no question about it. And, and like I said before, it's hard to get up that sky high for every game, but there's going to be a lot on the line. Ohio State will still likely have everything to play for at that point. Where I see Michigan having an advantage, if you look at Ohio State's offensive line, they did not play well against Penn State. That's not a great Penn State defensive line, and I think that Michigan's defense is, is a pretty good matchup in the trenches there for them. Uh, also, uh, on defense, they've they've shown there have been some chinks in the armor there. I think that you're going to see uh, a, a much more diverse Michigan game plan than we saw last year when, when Ohio State came in here and kind of surprised Michigan by running it down their throat. So uh, I think that's definitely a winnable game. It will be one of those that can – that can probably go either way, and it's going to be determined by things like special teams. But uh, certainly, I think it's a it's an opportunity for Michigan, especially if they're 11-0, and especially with the intangibles. A lot of guys from Ohio on that team that have not beaten Ohio State and want to beat Ohio State, and uh, so they'll go into their that game foaming at the mouth. But should be fun. And then uh, and then if that happens, then the Big Ten championship game probably going to be Wisconsin again, in my opinion, unless Nebraska can go and pull and pull the upset at Ohio State. So, But it's, it's fun to be talking about this in November, Mike, again, where you understand that you've got everything in front of you. Uh, this is kind of the way it's, it felt, you know, up until about 2008, and uh, for Michigan fans, it's a, certainly a good feeling to know that you, that you can control your fate heading into November.
0: Absolutely, Chris. It's been a long time since we've been in this position in November, so it's going to be a, a fun month. We'll see what happens. With us here on our game day, segment this week has been Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com. Always a pleasure having you on the show, Chris, and uh, we hope to get you back soon.
1: Absolutely, Mike. Thanks for having me.
0: Quick Hits is next as we wrap up our game day edition of The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's maze & Brew. On Quick Hits today, nothing major to report on the injury front. We'll have an update for you, though, on Thursday's show. Thanks to Chris Ballas from TheWolverine.com for being our guest today. On Thursday, we'll hear from one of the classiest guys in college football. Maryland's Hall of Fame radio play-by-play voice, Johnny Holiday will join us. Johnny doesn't hold out much hope for Maryland this Saturday, but he thinks first-year head coach DJ Durkin is doing a fine job. As of this week, their 2017 recruiting class is rated 15th best. We'll talk about that and more on Thursday. I hope you'll join us. Our free show app is available from the Google Play and iTunes stores. It's going to be an intense month of Michigan football, and we want you to join us each step of the way. If you don't have my free show app, get it now and stay in the Wolverine Loop as we make the final approach to Thanksgiving Day and what we hope is a date with destiny when we meet those Buckeyes in Columbus. We are also on the team at iHeartRadio now, so if you're an iHeart person, check us out. FireFan is the new interactive sports app I've been telling you about for months. It will be available this month in the Google Play and iTunes stores. There has never been anything like it. You can compete against friends and celebrities, all while watching your favorite team play. There is still some time to find out what FireFan is all about before its release. For a sneak peek or more information, email playatfirst at at yahoo.com and leave a cell number. That's play at First at yahoo.com, and don't forget to leave your cell number. FireFan will change the way we interact with our favorite sports teams in real time. You will no longer be an observer, but a participant. That will do it for our game day edition of The Michigan Man. We'll be back on Thursday with Maryland radio play-by-play voice, Johnny Holiday. Until then, have a great Wolverine week, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Take care, and as always, Go Blue!